with personalization and being digital first and humanizing digital, the goal there is to, to be there for our members in their moment of need. You're listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insights series, where James Robert Lay interviews the industry's top marketing, sales, and fintech leaders, sharing practical wisdom to exponentially elevate you and your team. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello. I am James Robert Lay and welcome to episode 253 of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series and I'm excited to welcome back Tom Novak, Chief Digital Officer at Visions Federal Credit Union, along with Craig McLaughlin and Mark Ryan of Finalytics to provide perspective to provide perspective into a tremendous growth opportunities that I see many financial brands are missing out on right now. And it's costing them, in some cases, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in loans and deposits. The good news is that through collaborations, along with applying automation, analytics, and AI as an augmentation to human capability, Financial brands can recapture these lost opportunities to maximize their future growth potential by humanizing digital experiences through practical personalization. Welcome to the show, Tom, Craig, and Mark. It is great to share time with all of you today. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it, James. Before we get into talking about creating a segment of one to maximize future growth, what is good for all of you, either personally or professionally? Always want to get started here on a positive note. Tom, we'll start with you. Things are going great here at Visions Federal Credit Union. We're uh, continuing to invest in fintech partnerships uh, like we have with uh, Craig and Mark and the Finalytics team. And it's really helping us thrive in times like this when uh, liquidity is, is a challenge and, and uh, markets are, are shaky for various things. Uh, so very uh, thankful uh, for the true partnerships that we have, and we continue to uh, support those and nurture those. I think that's the key. It's 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 the collaboration. It's it's looking at roadblocks as opportunities, and because some of the greatest innovation can come during the most challenging times, for sure. Craig, what about you? What's positive in your world right now, personally or professionally? Gosh, personally, I'm thrilled. The kids are back from school. One back from college. For, for the holiday break. So excited to spend time with them. And, uh, you know, we're just coming off of conference season here at Finalytics and had some great conversations with prospective clients about personalizing the digital experience. And it seems like there is a critical mass in terms of people seeing the, the need for more intuitive experiences. And so we're, we're thrilled about the opportunity. I think you're right. The idea of a critical mass, it's, you know, taken some time to get here, but it's been a lot of education. It's been a lot of vision casting back to the point. I mean, we're talking to Tom from visions, federal credit union. So when I think vision is continuously seeing into the future, bringing the future back into the present moment. And here we are, Mark, what about you personal, professionally? What's up? What's positive for you right now? You know, I had a good morning so far this morning, actually. We, we just launched a, a new iteration of our platform that, that has some uh, 
some new features in targeting anonymous visitors with machine learning, as well as analyzing transaction data to target people with certain promotions. I'll say it was a quiet launch. You know, there were, as the team was going and doing their regression testing, everything just went smoothly. And if it's, uh, you know, it's rare that that happens, so you got to be thankful when it does. You know, it's that idea of the anonymized visitor, such a tremendous growth opportunity for financial brands, people coming to their website. We don't know who they are, but that's something that, you know, Tom, you've been working on here to crack the code, if you will, to apply big data, ML machine learning to address the unique needs of these anonymized visitors. What were some of the challenges, if we go back to before you cracked this code, where were you when it came to things like personalization or what I would say is the, what was the, what were the pains around personalization holding you back? I think it's two main things that uh, we have. One, we have a mandate that we want to grow. There's a, a big push to say the whole purpose behind a cooperative, a credit union, is to grow. We, we help more by growing membership, by offering more services that are, are best in class to our membership. So adopting a truly growth mindset is step one of that, you know, hearkening back to Carol Dweck and, and that uh, research psychology that goes in and what does that really mean? Uh, so adopting that more at an executive leadership level. But the, the second thing is this through line, this tether, this narrative, which is the human plus digital experience is really how you go ahead and do that. And we don't have to have this zero-sum game, this zero-sum equation of it's either branch or it's digital. It's either invest in your contact center or invest in digital. It actually can be holistic, provided that we prioritize what that is and really appreciate when something is maybe a crawl, walk, run type of approach or when we want to go all in. Um, so that, that human plus digital piece is really what we're seeing through uh, the lens of what Finalytics does, Craig and Mark in particular, and, and how we're iterating upon this, that each, each version that we go forward, as we curate more of those conversations digitally with our members, we can see the returns. And so there is that connective tissue back to the executive leadership team to say, all right, there's metrics here. There's also better experiences. There's tie-ins to NPS and other things that are the language that a lot of the stakeholders already speak to. So it's really those two main things, right? The growth mindset and uh, that human plus digital narrative. I appreciate the idea of, of Carol DeWick and, and, and the work that she did because it really is about, like you said, having a mandate for growth. And it's not just growth from a sense of loans or deposits. It's also growing the mindset of the organization at a leadership team. It's not just digital or physical. It's not just digital or human. It's blending the best of both worlds. And back to your point, it takes time. It's like you said, it's a crawl. It's a walk and then it's a run. And I even say you take that a step further, then it's a marathon. And it's the marathon mentality that I think is what guides organizations through some of the pain in the short term. It's like, you just don't go from, you know, couch to marathon. You go from couch to 5k and then couch to 10k and then a half marathon and then a full marathon. And then if you're like David Goggins, then you're running like ultra marathons, but that's a, that's a story for another day. I want to roll this back and flip this over to you, Mark, because, you know, when you look at data and analytics, they're, they're a double edged sword uh, for a lot of financial brands. There's a tremendous amount of growth back to Tom's point, but there's also uh, an inherent amount of, of vast complexity. Um, 
how can financial brands navigate that complexity considering the fact that they do have you know data in all these different places through platforms like AI and machine learning yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the ways to sort of cut through some of the clout is, is start with the goal that you're trying to achieve and then jump backward to ask what data points we need to, to achieve that goal. And, and that usually simplifies simplifies a lot. Uh, you, you know, there's also just having a good data practice. You know, Visions, I think, is ahead of the curve and having a very advanced data team internally that when we work with, you know, our, our team is able to go in and uh, I'm going to start to get into the data terms, but... We have a very large data set. We run a logistical regression analysis that tell us these are the attributes that you should be focusing on because they matter versus the ones that don't. And I think that's really hard for, for credit unions and banks to be able to, to have that kind of practice in place. It helps you narrow down and say, these are the data points to focus on. I want to pause you just for one second because you used a very big word that let's provide some clarity for the dear listener because you're talking data sets and logistical regression analysis. I get where you're coming from on this, but let's roll this back because if 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 a listener is not in an organization like Visions and they don't have the internal capability, some of these words might scare people away. What are we talking about here first? Like logistical regression analysis, big data sets. I want to I want to go there and then Craig, I want to come back to you on the point of capability here in just a bit. So, can you provide some clarity around some of these larger terminologies that we might not all have a, a common language around? I, I actually my my middle child is going through algebra 2 right now <laughs> and came home and started asking questions and using that, that phrase logistical regression and uh, you know it actually like put a big smile on my face cuz I thought, "Oh my god, I think the majority of us learn that for a brief moment in high school. Yes. And then we don't have to use it ever again until we forget about it. But, uh, you know, this is where we're using a series of algorithms to tell us what are the important attributes to focus on. You know, so, so think about all of the data that credit unions are tracking on their members. And when, uh, you know, an organization like Visions comes and says, we want to convert more CDs online. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we go back to the algorithm and say, okay, we've got a thousand data points to look at, but we can't look at all of them. And so we're putting our faith in the, the, the algorithm to go and tell us, no, no, these are the 20 most important ones. Yeah. You know, and so with, with visions, as we, we sort of narrowed that data set around what should we be focusing on, we found huge opportunities in geo-targeting. We found the location of the visitor played a big part in whether or not they were even going to consider CDs. You know, so that's one data point, but, it, you know, we, we come back with 20, 30, 40, 50 data points that we know are the most important ones to focus on to drive personalization. So that right there is a very practical takeaway is like we were able to take, you know, a thousand data points, narrow it down to maybe 10 or 20. And then out of that, gain some insight that we could take some action around in this particular case, CDs and looking at geolocation. I think of another practical use case was from a recent uh, panel I was facilitating. They identified retention to account holders who had a home equity line of credit. And so a goal was to increase the home equity line of credit across current account holders. And then as a result of that, increase the tenure of these accounts to not just, you know, have an account for a year, 18 months before they were looking at attrition. So I think these are some very practical use cases. Now, I want to come back over to you, Craig, because, you know, one of the things that Mark was sharing is, and, and Tom and his team have over at Visions is they have that internal capability, 
they have really good data that you can take action around. What would your recommendation be, Craig, for those organizations that might have a bit of either a capability or a capacity gap that, ah, you know, that sounds great, what, what Tom's doing, but, but we're not there yet. How can you give them some hope? Actually, you know, that's a great question. So, you know, I'm reminded of the CEO at Visions, Ty, you know, really investing in a data team and mm-hmm. seeing the forest through the trees, which was pretty striking at the time. Because when we first start, started working with Visions, we didn't hear that all the time. So he was really kind of, I think, a visionary in that regard. Um, but it's hard to hire those kinds of teams. I think uh, it was cool for Visions to be able to do that at a time where it was pandemic related and they they began to expand the geographical footprint in which they hired so they got access to a much larger um you know talent set uh in, in terms of geography now when i think of what it, an average credit union would do to address that i actually reminded of the presentation you delivered at this year's financial brand forum james where you were talking about there was this concept of doing versus automating. And anytime you're doing things, you're actually you're actually hurting yourself. And, and I think that the use case for a credit union or a bank is actually fairly well defined. There's not a lot of ambiguity. There's not a lot of, uh, of straying away from, from those core use cases. And from that, I think the need to hire a, a large data team on your own can actually be leapfrogged using a platform like Benalytics because you can just deploy solutions that immediately are generating value for the member and are laser focused on the goals of the organization. So those two things working in harmony are, are really crucial. And it's looking for the easy button, right? I mean, the, the largest credit unions in the country, when they go to solve some of these problems, they really struggle to get it right because there's so much complexity. And instead of buying the the building blocks, buying a solution that's pre-baked to solve that problem, I think addresses that capability a little bit more clearly. And it would just, the time to value is, is far improved. Digital growth is a journey from good to great, but sometimes this journey can feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming. The good news is you don't have to take this journey alone because now you can join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs who are all learning, collaborating, and growing together. Visit digitalgrowth.com slash insider to learn more about how you can join the Digital Growth Insider community to maximize your future digital growth potential. Now, back to the show. And it's that time, and I want to come back to time because when you look at time in the age of AI, it can be exponential. And so, Tom, you've you know, you've had a very interesting journey. You know, you started out in the physical world at a branch, and then you moved up into e-com and digital banking, and then AVP of digital and VP chief digital officer. Talk to me about the capability here that you've been able to shorten time, whether that's internal capability with 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 your team or through collaborations like with Finalytics, because one of the things that I talk about is, you know, when we look at capability or capacity, that we can solve that through either internal or external resources. But I think it all comes back to looking at this through the lens of ADA, uh, automation, data and analytics, and AI. 
what's the story behind the story there to shortcut some of this, even in your own journey for the dear listener to learn from your own experience? The, the first is I would agree with Craig's comments that actually a smaller size in, in certain cases is actually a superpower that can help cut through the noise and laser focus on what is the real end result? What is the objective that we want to achieve? And there aren't as many stakeholders or bureaucracies or various other processes in place that you have to uh, uh, jump through to get there. Um, there, there is, you mentioned uh, earlier, James, a double-edged sword to various things, and there, there is a, another side to that sword, but I tend to agree with that. So as, as that journey had progressed, um, we were a little bit smaller, we were a little bit scrappier, and it was incumbent upon someone like myself or other leaders that if we truly wanted to be effective, we had to play the role of connector. We had to take the time and embrace how does the enterprise risk, risk team operate, what's important to them. How does IT operate and, and so on and so forth. And now that, that we've scaled a little bit more and we're a little over 5.6 billion in assets, we've been able to refine this process that, that started as the, the old adage of build, buy, or partner. We, we, we've kind of gone through that journey. And now to help supplement that type of equation, that type of uh, decision-making process, where ultimately this is how we came to the partnership with Finalytics is uh, some of you may have heard this say-do ratio. What's the difference between what I say and how long or if I, I do it at all? And a lot of what that comes down to is just because we can do something doesn't necessarily mean that we should do something. So to Craig's point earlier about a lot of these larger teams, these larger organizations have so much horsepower in their organization. They have all of these PhDs and these phenomenal individuals who can do amazing things with AI or machine learning or, or various number of other things. But where is that leadership and that connector to go ahead and say, you can do this, but I really need your expertise over here. And a partner may have already solved this really, really well so we can fly a little bit faster. And so at, at the center of all that is really a people part of the, part of the equation and coming to terms with those types of uh, critical thinking conversations. But that's really the journey of what we've taken, you know, going from build by partner, now getting really diagnostic about are, are we saying and doing all, all aligned? Is, is that in, in harmony? Or are we saying a lot of things? And then at the end of the day, the results aren't necessarily there. Uh, in my experience, uh, being very diagnostic about what a partnership truly means. It's not simply a vendor, a client relationship. It's not simply a contract. It's really about co-creating together and augmenting your capabilities. So you've got this end result of a force multiplier effect that sometimes is hard to come from when you're trying to build it from scratch internally. I appreciate the say-do continuum because it's like we say one thing on the other side. We, this is what we want. This is the goal that we want to achieve. And then this is what we need to do to take action to make that goal a reality. But I think the complexity often comes back to the human condition. It's, it's how we perceive the world. And when we say we want something versus to how we act against it, the, the roadblock is how are we going to do this? And I think it's just by simply asking how that holds us back. And in episode 136, I had uh, Dan Sullivan on the podcast who wrote a fantastic book with Dr. Benjamin Hardy, who's an organizational psychologist. And the title of the book is Who Not How? And that's one of the big reasons I'm a big advocate to think 
who before how who do you need to collaborate as a shortcut to go from saying to then doing and then i think about the idea that comes back to people that comes back to humanity and, and craig on the homepage of the phenolytics website you have four words um, that I wrote about in Banking on Digital Growth, and you talk about the need to humanize the digital experience. So from your perspective, what are those opportunities here to continue to humanize the digital experience for financial brands through segments of one, as Visions has seen conversions increase more than really 270%, which is phenomenal. I go back to the the presentation you were delivering at the financial brand where you talked about the opportunity to personalize the experience based on on, on the visitor using AI. And, and you had a screen where you had a, a hero image. You had then three kind of cards underneath it that were targeted around that, that individual user. There is no reason why every credit union website has the same experience for the visitor regardless of who they are. The data is available and it can be tapped into. It's hard to do if you try and do it on your own, but if you're using a platform that's designed specifically to do it, you can do it much more easily. And I, I kind of think of it in, in the context of a branch and, and I imagine what is the best universal teller that you have inside your institution and what makes them special? And consistently, I would say what makes them special is that they care. They understand based on their wealth of experience of seeing, you know, X number of customers before, what is this person most need? How can I be most helpful to this person? The same thing needs to be applied in order for credit, in order for the credit union movement to transition over to a digital first future. This transition has the crossing this chasm has to take place where the digital experience does what made credit unions so great in the in, in, in the branch experience. And it's possible it's being done by every other other big tech company today at, at scale. And it's just, it's hard to do, but it can be delivered uh, via our platform. So I think that's the, the most important thing. I also think about the challenge in getting getting through that process uh, is hard. It's getting alignment. And Tom and, and the team at Visions is about partnership. And I would tell you that the relationship that we have with Visions is that they come and they say, hey, actually we had an idea, we wanted to do something. And our entire team from the engineers down all the way up are like, what can we do? How can we jump in? I don't think that's true across the board. So you've got a cultural component that needs to sync really well with a, with a technical capability component. And when you get those two things right, you, you can do really magical things. Well, I like your point about crossing the chasm here. And I think about the stoic wisdom from Marcus Aurelius, where the mind adapts and converts to its own purposes, the obstacle to our acting. Marcus wrote, the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. And I want to come back over to you, Mark, because you talk about this idea of collaboration here. Biggest lessons learned through this experience with vision from your viewpoint around analytics, around data, around machine learning, around AI. What have been the big lessons that you've been able to take from this that you could then transfer knowledge back into the dear listener to possibly shortcut some of their learning through their own experience? I think that maybe one of the biggest singular lessons is that the, the opportunities that you see in machine learning, you, you can't into it. You, you can't just sort of think about and come to on your own. Uh, you know, in, in looking at the clients that we work with, specifically visions, the algorithm comes back with all of these clusters and learnings that I never would have thought about myself. 
you know, we've talked about, you know, getting conversions with CDs. And one thing that we found was that people using Firefox and Android devices are not interested in CDs. <laughs> so people using Microsoft browser that come from Bing are. And so it comes back with these clusters and that, that we would not have thought of. And, and that's just one example. We, we've got lots of lessons. Wow. You know, Visions is expanding into a lot of new territories. And one thing that we found is for these visitors coming from new territories, product promotion is the wrong thing to do right when we first meet them on the digital channel. The right thing to do is tell them we're in your neighborhood with some geo-personalization and then promote a product, which again, we would not have thought of on our own. The algorithm came and told us something, you know, and so in that whole theme of, of sort of uh, doing and culture with these projects, what we've had to do is say, we are building algorithms that teach us how to react. We're not thinking about how to react. You know, we're building these algorithms that are going to show us insights that we would not have been able to come up on our own. So to me, that's the biggest one is, um, you know, stop trying to think about who the segments are, build the tools that tell you who the segments are. I'm going to stay on the stoic philosophy for just a moment because that's where my mind is writing banking on change. And there's the Socratic wisdom of, you know, what is knowledge? What is wisdom? And it's, I know that I know nothing. And I think Mm -hmm. when you go into a journey like this saying we're going to throw everything that we know out of the window regardless of how strongly we feel about it i think the more that we can apply the insights and the knowledge that come out of the algorithm to then ultimately take action i think you know what you just shared about uh, the knowledge from say firefox versus chrome versus android while as insignificant as that can sound at first blush that has major implications that we can apply that knowledge when it comes to targeting communication, messaging, even to the fact that, you know, people don't want to hear about product the first time that we meet them. Well, that's kind of a, that's human behavior. It's people want to feel safe. Like I'm local, I'm close by and I want to come back over to, to Utah because this is all about at the end of the day, it's value creation from putting people at the center of all of our thinking and all of our doing which our thinking and our doing is then augmented through ML, through AI, so that we can do even better. When you look at you know exponential growth, attributions of you know conversions, two hundred seventy percent increase. What would you attribute that growth and that progress to, to continue to apply these lessons going forward into the future to do even better? Because I think you're just at the tip of the iceberg here. I think it has to start with a guiding purpose. And so not not simply the organization's overarching mission or guiding purpose, but what are we really trying to achieve here? And in this particular case with personalization and being digital first and humanizing digital, the goal there is to to be there for our members in their moment of need. Much like decades ago, we were there for them in their moment of need because we had good office hours, good branch hours. We put more ATMs in their, you know, their area, their neck of the woods that they could go to. That was how it was manifested years and years ago. And we were able to build that competency as a financial institution over time, right? We didn't necessarily have all the data that we have today. Uh, we had you know, direct member feedback or being on the chamber of commerce and, and getting those pathways satisfied that way. And so now it's it's the same problem, it's the same business challenge, 
but in a different paradigm. Yeah. And so we have to, to be able to recognize that and still keep that guiding purpose, which is uh, being there in our members' moments uh, of need. But there is, there is a tether here, I believe, which is marrying the business side of what we're looking to do with the technology side, but also there's a leadership component in that. So, you know, in, in the sake of being able to throw out my own uh, reference here, you know, the, the rhyme of uh, the ancient mariner, uh, water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Mm. And so we have all of this data. Yeah. It's really not the data that we're after. It's the insights. It's the insights that actually can support our value proposition to the members. And that's where the leadership piece comes into play. So it's, it's not that far off that you can marry the business and technology parts of things, which which Craig and Mark and the team at Finalytics have done beautifully. But it's this co-creation with the leadership, right? Their expertise and our expertise that actually makes it go. And one of the physical representations of that is this membership growth, this 270% uh, growth in that particular instance that aligns all of these things. So that tells us, all right, we're heading in the right direction. And yes, uh, James, completely agree with you. This is really just the tip of the iceberg. You know, when you, you mentioned data versus insights, data is the ones and the zeros. It's the insights that we can get out of that to take action. But I think if we continuously remember that behind those ones and zeros is flesh and blood, it's DNA, um, that's a much more powerful narrative that we can take going forward into the future to continuously create and collaborate and capture opportunities together to help guide people. And it's that philosophy of playing the role of the helpful and empathetic guide for people and, and stop trying to be the hero. Um, I wrote about this in Banking on Digital Growth. You know, a lot of times we perceive ourselves as a financial brand as the hero. Well, when we do that, we are injecting conflict into the mind of uh, account holders, of members, prospective members, prospective account holders, because they're the hero in their own narrative. And now, you know, I look at this as almost like a choose your own adventure. One of the books that, a series of books that left a tremendous impact on me as a kid of the 80s, um, because you got to create your own story and narrative. And I love that. And now through personalization, through segments of one, we can literally live that type of a philosophy out and just guide people to get beyond that pain point, meet them in the present moment of where they're at and get them to a bigger, better, brighter future. Mark, I want to come back to you and, and, and as we start to wrap up here, hear from each one of you, practically speaking, where can someone listening get started to move forward and make progress on their journey here when considering the potential growth opportunities around a segment of one? Because no longer, and I've been talking about this now for probably at least five years, it's not just theory, it's practical. So let's get practical as we start to wrap up together today. Where can we begin, Mark? Starting simple is actually a really important thing to do. You know, when people try to take on too much, yeah. you, you know, these projects never happen. So start with behaviors. You know, recognize the difference when somebody's visiting your digital channel if they are a current customer or not. Mm. You know, if they are in your footprint or not, how close they are from a branch or not. And change the messaging based on that. Those are small little things. And those are easy messages to craft. And those are things that, you know, a typical financial institution should be able to get live within a couple months. That's a great point. Recognizing who people are in the first place. This is about human relationship through a digital context. Because do you currently have an account? 
yes or no. If yes, show X message or even show X um, navigation bar compared to if you're a non-account holder or a non-member, show Y messaging or show Y nav bar. And it could be as simple as do we show uh, a button to log in or do we show a button to apply or open an account? Because these are the small little variations that can have huge impact on the overall experience over the course of time. And we might think, once again, they're small and insignificant, but it's 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 about placing positive deposits into a consumer's trust fund that sits between their ears. You get enough positive deposits, it's going to transform and change their behavior over time. Craig, what about you? Where can someone get started, practically speaking, to move forward and make progress around personalization and segments of one on their own journey of growth going forward into the future? When I think of the conversations with customers that we're having today, and if I was going to advise them in terms of how, how to do it, it's defining the team. It's small teams can can make a lot more progress than big teams. Identifying the outcomes, it's saying, look, this is the goal that this group is trying to achieve. They have autonomy and, and we've run the appropriate amount of blocks to, to keep other departments out of their way so they can just run and, and execute. Um, and then it comes down to giving them flexibility. We have some credit union clients that say it's it's terrible to be to, to fail here you can never say you failed other other credit union clients it's the opposite where they're like fail fast go and figure it out and consistently having an environment where it's okay to, to try new things and push the boundaries a little bit it's is important uh it's also just appreciating the the impact and value of data and it's for a second taking yourself out of your own shoes putting yourselves in, in the shoes of the member and asking them hey this is their money like are we doing a good job for them mm-hmm. and categorically i think the answer has to come back like whatever we can do to make their lives better to to add more value to do a better job as an institution we should do and doing that at scale uh, digitally is kind of is, is just um is a no-brainer i would think and so it's thinking of it in that context as opposed to thinking of it as another initiative I think that right there is scaling value creation because through a linear model, we can only create so much value, but through an exponential model of growth empowered by AI, ML, automation, data analytics, et cetera, we can create far more value than we could have ever probably even imagined before, which is where, Tom, I want to flip this around. We've heard from Mark and Craig about opportunities, but because you are living this out, roadblocks, the big things that a dear listener can think about that could potentially trip them up. What are the roadblocks? What are the pitfalls that you could help them avoid as they apply some of the thinking that Craig and Mark have shared here? Two, two things stand out to me. One being uh, more tactical, day to day, you know, make sure the housekeeping and uh, is in order, and the other being a little bit more strategic and and getting uh, more people on board. So that first one being tactical is, uh, are, are you using the basic tools uh, that are necessary out there to even understand or be on the path towards personalization and, and making digital more human? So things like Google Analytics and Google Tag Manager, have you put those things in place? Have you gone ahead and and tagged up, for lack of a better phrase, your digital properties? So you're starting to have visibility to what happens with my loan application, 
What happens with my membership application? How many visitors do I have on my site? So very, very pragmatic, very practical things. Do I have that kind of visibility? And that's something that, that can be done uh, relatively quickly and at, at little uh, to no cost. The more strategic piece is um, at the end of the day, when we, when we really go back down to this, and I kind of take like a first principles uh, approach on this, is this, this path to personalization is really about giving people more agency, yeah. about giving more to them. And so we really have to understand that the, the arc of the digital first universe bends towards personalization, not for more sales tactics, not for you know, what some big tech companies have done, but truly have an altruistic uh, end in mind. And, and to actually serve your members sometimes means hey, did you know about this digital donations campaign that we're doing where we're going to match dollar for dollar everything that our members give to us up to $10,000? So there's a free $10,000 that we're going to support charitable organizations. It it can take many forms. So if we know that in mind, uh, we then can go ahead and build uh, or pull together, I should say, those stakeholders who might have the more practical competency on marketing, on SEO, on data analytics, all of these different things, because we now are rowing the boat in the same direction. I think your point about taking this from an altruistic perspective is so critical because it's something that I wrote about in Banking on Digital Growth, the need to help first and sell second. That's a very simple mantra that we can all Mm -hmm. take away. We can all apply that, but it doesn't always have to come down to sales because your example of, hey, did you know that we're doing this initiative, we're matching dollar for dollar up to 10,000. Well, for for those that that type of communication matters, that type of initiative matters, what you're doing is you're placing another positive deposit into their trust fund and then reinforcing that relationship, which you know will yield a positive net result over an extended period of time compared to just going after, we have this product, we have this offer, we have this promo, we have this campaign. People get tired and burned out. They start to ignore that type of messaging. And so at the end of the day, it all comes back to communication. It all comes down to, you know, is what I'm communicating, is it increasing trust? Is it increasing relationship? Because at the end of the day, it is about relationship. It is about humanity. It is about guiding people beyond where they're at in the present moment towards a bigger, better, brighter future. Tom, Mark, Craig, thank you very much for the insights that you have shared today. As always, I do appreciate them. If someone wants to continue the conversation that we have started here, what is the best way for them to reach out and say hello to you? Tom, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm I'm on LinkedIn. So uh, Thomas P. Novak on LinkedIn or uh, my email, uh, tnovak at visionsfcu.org. Big into collaboration. Want to see community financial institutions succeed, especially credit unions, and, and bring that human aspect to digital. Absolutely. Mark, what about you? Uh, probably through our website, you know, finlinux.ai, but you can also find me out on, uh, on LinkedIn as well. Connect with Mark on LinkedIn. Craig, let's wrap up with you. What's the best way for someone to connect and continue the conversation with you today? Yeah, same thing. So I'm on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect or reach out to me there. My email is Craig at finalytics.ai. Drop me a note. And then if you would like to see a demo, just go to analytics.ai and there's a schedule a demo button and pick a time and Mark and I will jump on a call and walk you through how our platform can can help um, can help your organization so look forward to, to connecting connect with Mark connect with Craig connect with Tom 
They'll all continue to learn, help you grow, help you do even better together, which is exactly why we do what we do here on the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Thank you all for joining me for another episode today. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, and make your bed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. To get even more practical and proven insights along with coaching and guidance, visit digitalgrowth.com insider to join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs. Until next time, be well and do good.